Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey guys and gals, welcome in. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side by sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and FREE three day shipping over 75 bucks. It's easy to see why Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for the power sport enthusiast. Thank you, guys. Of course, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. I'm getting ready to bail up to Boise, Idaho on Wednesday for their 2019 gear launch. For those of you guys that know me, you know I'm stoked. I'm spending two days in Idaho, and it's all about gear. I'm all in. And it's Fly Racing, so that even makes it better. I've seen the gear. I'm excited for you guys to see it. So hopefully, there's no embargo when I get up on their Wednesday. We'll throw some pictures up on Kiefering Testing social media. We'll go to KieferingTesting.com and PulpMX.com. Hear all about the gear. Go check it out. If you guys are waiting on some new gear, don't buy any 2018 stuff. Wait. 2019 gear is insane. Colorways are good. Wait till you see the Evo line of gear. And of course, Light Hydrogen is my favorite, but wait till you see the Evo line of gear. Very impressive. So go check them out. Probably on August 1st, you can view the whole lineup on flyracing.com. And of course, thank you to the guys at Racetech and Racetech.com, Chris Riesenberg, for coming on this show and backing what we do here. Racetech Gold Valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction. Two important points in riding a dirt bike. Racetech products and services are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Discover why when racers can choose, they choose Racetech. Experience the gold valve advantage by logging on to Racetech.com. Be like Ben LeMay. He rides a Honda and he uses Racetech. And this podcast is all about first impressions of the 2019 Honda CRF450R and... The CRF450RWE. We call it the we, all right? So if you hear we in this podcast, that's what we're referring to, okay? Let's, let's first things first. To keep up with this transparency of what I do here at Kiefer Inc. Testing, as you guys know, I'm all about giving you guys factual information. None of this bullshit, run around, give you guys him hon bullshit, okay? I'm all about giving you straight up answers and the truth when it comes to things that I do. So the Honda intro was last Thursday. Of course, it's Monday now if you're listening to this um, because there was an embargo. So that way all the media could ride these bikes and it would be a fair, I guess you can say playing field. So everyone can get their information out all at the same time. However, I've been on vacation, as you guys know, 
up in Colorado. We have a house up here near Greeley. I've been trying to take a vacation for a few years now. Haven't done it, so I thought this year would be good. Just so happens the Honda intro fell on the same time I was trying to take a vacation. Nonetheless, it hasn't been much of a vacation because I've been working, but it's okay because it's dirt bikes, and I love dirt bikes, so it doesn't really matter to me. However, I want you guys to know that I wasn't at the introduction, okay? And you're probably sitting there going, well, Chris, how are you doing this podcast and you didn't ride the bikes? What what the hell are you doing? Well, you're, you're partially right. I had Colton Ack and the Dominator, what I call him, Dominic Simino. That's what I call him. Um, he was at Alpine Stars. Good dude. Colton Ack, good kid. Um, good-hearted kid. He had a bad accident last year in Supercross. He'd come back, worked his ass off. And, of course, he rides a Honda. He's not sponsored by Honda, but he's familiar with what the current bike feels like. So I sent those two dudes to ride the bikes while I was here in Colorado. Now, how am I doing this podcast? I've had some testing experience with this 2019 Hondas, okay? So I helped Honda develop some of this stuff. Um, I'm not biased to Honda. Honda pays me to to test their motorcycles at that time. Once I am away from the test site, I'm free to ride and do what I want. And if Honda makes something that I don't like, I'm free to say that as well. Honda doesn't pay me to to say good things about their motorcycles. They pay me to tell the truth. So just like you guys listening to this podcast... You listen to this podcast because I tell the truth. So, nonetheless, I've had some time on it. I want to tell you about it, what I think um, the differences are between the current 2018 Honda 450 model and this new model. Because I've been riding it for mm, probably over a year now. So, I've had a lot of experience riding this machine, and I can give you some information on what I feel like it is compared to the 2018 If you don't want to listen to me, that's perfectly fine. I get it. I understand. If you want to head over to keferinktesting.com and hear about what Colt Knack and the Dominator had to say about each bike, you can do that now. But here in this podcast, I'm going to break you down some things that Honda changed on their new bike and, of course, what it feels like to ride each machine and compare it to the 18. So things that Honda did to the 2019 CRF 450R, okay? Let me just start there. Of course, most of these changes are within the Wii edition as well, okay? We will get to the Wii changes in a minute and what the differences are between the Wii and the standard 2019 version. However, the 2019 Honda um, has basically, to me, the biggest difference is in the chassis. That's where you're going to feel the difference between if you're riding a 2018 current CRF 450R and you get on this 19, that's, to me, where you're going to feel the difference. Um, The next generation aluminum frame, they did some rigidity changes and they also decreased the rigidity in the subframe. And, of course, the swing arm is... It, what I guess I like to call it, it adapts to the changes in the chassis that Honda made. So the swing arm itself, they they made they fine tune it to flex a little bit more in the rear, so you have a little bit more increased traction. 
I'm trying not to give away everything right now. I'm just trying to tell you the changes. But those are the huge changes that Honda did to, I guess what I would say, lessen the rigidity feeling of this Honda. If there was one complaint that I had about the Honda, to me, it's just too rigid. And I'm, I told these guys straight up, and I'm telling you, like, it was difficult to ride at times when the track got rough. If the track is soft, has softer bumps, larger bumps, less square edge, the Honda's great. The 2018 Honda's great. But once it got hard packed, especially here in the West Coast, square edgy, it's really sketchy to ride fast. I would rather ride a KTM 450. I would rather ride a Yamaha YZ450 than an 18 Honda 450 um, on these West Coast tracks. Now, if I was back east riding Loretta's, man, it's great because I don't feel all that rigidity um, in that soft condition. So Honda went to work. They want to change some of that a little bit friendlier feeling in the chassis. So that's what they did to the for the 19. They did make, of course, head pipe changes. The, the muffler itself is a little bit different. Um, the cylinder head is a little bit different. And, of course, 13.5 to 1 compression ratio this year. So it's a little bit up than last year, which to me is better. You're going to get a little bit more bottom end. And that is nice, especially um, coming from this engine with the ECU changes. With the ECU changes they'd made, it made it more of a linear pull power from bottom to mid. So now you're getting a smoother roll on with these ECU changes compared to the 18. When we went to work on some of these ECU changes, it, it's very tedious. If there's one thing that's very difficult in the testing world to do is ECU mapping changes. Sometimes we spend two days just on ECU mapping all day long. And it's very, very small tweaks. But you have to be able to feel it to, in order to get a direction of what the consumer is wanting. For me, you want a, a linear power down low, but you still need some excitement. Let me give you an example. KTM 450 SXF. Very linear, very connected to the rear wheel, okay? But it lacks excitement. It makes the bike feel heavy at times because it's so smooth off the bottom. When I get to that soft dirt, I need some more pop. So the Honda, we wanted to keep that excitement down low, but yet create a linear pull so that way it's easy to ride when you're out in the West Coast. So you have three maps. All of those have been changed for 19. And I'm going to get to how it performs in a minute. But those three maps are very crucial to where you're riding. So they wanted, Honda, wanted to change map one, map two, map three, and have noticeable differences in those so the rider can feel them. So if you're on a uh, hacked out drier track, map one's going to be great because it's a linear pull. If you are a little bit lesser of a rider and you don't want some of that excitement and you want even a smoother delivery, map two is your, map two is your choice. Map three is something that you're going to get a little bit more of excitement and that pop out of corners and maybe a little bit less pulling power um, up on top. So in order to get these three maps noticeable for the consumer, it takes a lot of work by the engineers and the test guys to really pick it apart to make sure that it is a noticeable difference. So Honda's ECU changes that they made this year 
man, not a lot of engine changes to this 19 Honda. But like I've told you guys in other podcasts, with these new generation four-strokes, ECUs are everything, man. When you go to an aftermarket ECU or you just change the mapping in your current stock ECU, it can mean a huge difference. It means more than just bolting on a on a you know full system muffler. To me, I get questions asked all the time. Kiefer, should I go buy a piston or should I just map my ECU or get a different ECU? And I always tell them, look, try mapping your current ECU to see what you can get. All right, and then if you don't think it's enough. Go to a Vortex or a Get Ignition. It makes a huge difference. That's my go-to on any bike. I'm not really worried about slapping a piston and a cam in there right now. I'm going to worry about ECU because when you have an ECU setting that's crisp and the air-fuel mixture ratio is dead nuts, it makes a huge difference in in the way the bike feels. Also, with the CRF450R, I am going to tell you guys that the suspension valving changes are a little bit stiffer for a little bit better holdup while trying to remain some com- trying to get that comfort on that small bump absorption. So you don't want it so stiff where you're going to be deflecting and it's going to predict your corner because it's so harsh. So the guys over at Showa tried to go to work and make some changes to make a better holdup like better balance throughout the whole bike and the chassis, but also try to create some comfort for slower guys or even, um, I would say, even heavier guys, I would say, to try to keep that comfort involved. So when you set up a motorcycle, there's always a target weight. And for me, this target weight is right around, I would say, a range from 165 to 185. That's the range that the test guys are in. It doesn't mean if you're a 200 pound guy, that's not gonna work. What that means is you wanna crank up the compression a little bit and maybe just work off of some clickers to see how you can dial it in. But usually when manufacturers do tests and they do set up a motorcycle, they have a few test riders to choose from that range from, like I said, 165 to 185. So that's the target ratio for the weight, but that doesn't mean if you're lighter or heavier that you can't dial in your suspension. Of course, another thing that Honda went to work on 2019 was the ergos of the bike. I've been complaining (laughs) for a while now, 971 Ben bars are old school bars, a little bit high. Honda and Cowie seems to be sticking with that bar, but for 2019, they actually went to a one and one eighth bar. Yay, fat bar, yay, right? No seven eighths, even though I'm a fan of seven eighths bars, especially on the new Cowie. It's nice to see Honda go to a fat bar with a good bend, okay? It's not a high bend. Trust me, I'm a big stickler when it comes to rider triangle and the bend of the bar. It's a flatter, a little bit lower, lower bend bar with not much sweep. So you guys will be stoked on this bar and it flexes nice. It actually feels, and you know, Paul Parabinus is gonna like jump up and down right now, but I do feel like on this setup with this chassis and this bar that it is a little less rigid up front, which is a very complimentary thing coming from me. Uh, of course, black rims, all you guys out there freaking out. Honda listened finally and went to black rims, so it looks attractive. I always like a black rim on a Honda, always have, 
And to me, just the whole flat seat, the flat seat and tank junction of the bike is really flat, especially with this new um, Renthal fat bar. Okay, so what's the difference between the regular R and the 450RWE? You know, when people think of special edition or factory editions, usually don't get that much um, difference, I guess, um, in between bikes. But Honda wanted to do something special, so they went to a special hand-ported cylinder head, okay? That's something you don't see with KTM. Usually, KTM comes up with a mid-year bike, 18.5. You get a factory edition, and that's usually the 19. That's usually the case, right? So with Honda, they wanted to do something a little bit different, so they went with a special hand-ported cylinder head, black DID LTX rims, a little bit different from the R, um, Yoshimura slip-on mufflers. Yoshimura will make a head pipe that can mate to your slip-on, so just know that. Titanium-coated lower fork legs and shock shaft. Basically, with... The bitchin'-looking fork tubes, bitchin'-looking nitrate um, lowers. It looks like a kit, right? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it is a kit because a kits have different shock shafts. This one doesn't. So usually you're working off of an 18-millimeter shock shaft on the shock on a kit. This is still a 16-millimeter. Uh, special RK gold chain, different ECU settings than the R. Black triple clamps, and of course, different revalve suspension settings than the R. Again, I'm fairly certain, okay, and I do not know this for a fact, but I'm fairly certain that it is not A-kit internals in that fork, okay? So don't expect to be getting all A-kitted out um, when you're getting the Wii edition. I feel like it's more nitrate, um, the coatings, um, the Kashima coatings, and of course, special revalved settings in the suspension okay um special gripper seat throttle jockey guys make good stuff they worked with honda that was cool so you're going to throttle jockey seat cover and an hrc decal package just like your buddy ken roxon you're going to pull the track and guys will think holy shit ken roxon is here at my local track no 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 it's just me over here buying the Wii. There's going to be 500 of these, okay? I would say, and I would guess, most of them are going to sell out. I would 99% guarantee these things will sell out. So if you're going to do it, you might want to get a deposit down on one soon because they will be available in August. And if I would say your dealer may only get one. I don't think he's going to get two, so just know that. Okay, there are the changes, right? So now we got the changes all specced out. You guys know what differences are between the Wii and the R. So how does the R stack up against the 18? Again, I've had lots of time to test it. I haven't ridden or tested last Thursday on those production machines, but what I can tell you from my experience riding back-to-back -back several, several times, let's start with the engine. Engine changes for me. Again, ECU settings made a huge difference. I feel like the head pipe and what they've done with the compression has also made a bigger difference um, in linear power. Okay, I feel like the rear wheel is more connected to my throttle hand in 19 with the Honda. 
It doesn't have quite the amount of excitement or snap, or sometimes I even call it surging. And surging is when I'm trying to roll a corner inside of a rut, I get this like it's too jerky. I get a herky-jerky feeling in this rut. The Honda in all the maps, okay, doesn't have that herky-jerky feel for 2019. It's less of that. I get more connection. Kiefer, where do you ride? What RPM range? I am always trying to short shift as much as I can. I like to run third gear. This machine will provide you a third gear roll on cornering power with less herky-jerky feel. Now, can you run third gear in corners if you're a little slower? Yes, you can, but you might want to go to map three, okay? That way you can pull third gear out of the corners. The ECU settings, again, what they did in 19, made the Honda pull much longer than the 18. When I was testing this bike, that's one of the things that I loved about this machine is I can use second gear longer than I can the 2018 version. If I chose to roll second gear coming out of a corner, I don't have to shift so early. I can let it eat a little bit longer than the 18. Now, third gear to me, pulls much longer and farther than the 18 in third gear. Man, I'm telling you guys, the the tracks that we tested at, obviously, it's on the West Coast, but just with the ECU settings, man, it made a huge difference in linear power, pulling power. I didn't get any more bottom end, I would say, in 19, but to me, I don't think the Honda really needed that. Honda needed to get some more pulling power mid to top so it wasn't so like abrupt and short i felt like the 18 honda 450 had exciting power was very fun to ride but it was somewhat short now with this 19 you're getting a little bit friendlier smoother throttle off the bottom yet still has more excitement to me than a ktm 450 sxf or husqvarna and you guys know how much i enjoy those bikes so i'm getting a little bit more exciting Um, feeling off the bottom than that white and orange bike little less than the 18 honda okay so it's kind of like an in-between so most of you guys i feel like will like that change when it starts to get rough i don't know what type of rider you guys are if you guys are in there at nine o'clock and out by noon that's not me i'm in there at nine nine thirty at the track and I stay there till two or three, and it, you know the track changes in a matter of five hours, right? I like to ride some rough tracks. I feel like the engine changes they made in nineteen is friendlier to the guys that are going to ride rougher tracks. So that's my two cents on that. Also, there's there is this too. I want to mention this. I had this in my notes. To me, it's a little bit cleaner. If you guys are on the eighteen Honda, you guys kind of know that raspy almost slightly dirty feel is up on top the 19 doesn't have that dirty feeling or slightly rich feel to it like the 18 did so that's something to look out for as well i just think that the ecu settings that the engineers did at in honda they really made strides in a cleaner running machine i really didn't get any decel pop which is very rare and we uh, tested on some hot days. Usually that's when I get D-cell pop, and I never experienced that at all um, with the standard R edition. Okay, 
Moving on to the important part for me. I'm going to skip over the suspension right now. The chassis compared to the 18. Guys, I've read, so I've read Dominic's um, test that he did for Kiefer Inc. testing. He wasn't a fan of the 18 Honda 450. I don't think I'll go that far, you know, me saying I wasn't a fan. I wasn't stoked on how that chassis felt at Glen Helen at 2.30 in the afternoon. It, it was a handful to ride. It just felt rigid. Yes, could you make it good? Of course. We talked about this in the podcast. You can drill holes. You can get different hangers. You can loosen the bolt. You can take some bolts out. You can do some things to make it better. But to me, I want a machine that just is good out of the box, comfortable to ride, lets me go fast, and lets me open up the track. For 2019, they've made huge strides in chassis rigidity feel on the 2019 Honda. If you guys had a comparison, 18 and a 19 Honda back-to-back, you'll feel what I'm saying. Let's go to the rating scale that I always go to. If the 18 Honda 450 is a 3, we're talking a 3.5 in chassis feel. This is when it's rough and hacked out and shitty. Going to testing... They don't prep the tracks for us, okay? It's not like we show up at Glen Helen and boom, there it is. It's a freshly prepped track. No, it's left over from a race on Sunday or, you know, it's left over from an open practice day. So it's dry, choppy, shitty. Yes, they water sections, but it's not prepped. So in those conditions, the chassis stays straighter. It doesn't deflect. I don't get as much head shake on the 19. And basically, to me, just feels more planted. Where I feel this is, is if I'm coming through sweeping corners on the 19, I don't get this skatey feel like I'm going to wash out or get pushed because I'm deflecting off these bumps. The bike absorbs a little bit better. To me, I may have lost a slightly... Uh, just a slight bit of corner entrance tip-in. And I'll trade that gladly for some straight-line stability with this bike. I love a machine that stays straight. That can corner well. I'm not looking for the sharpest cornering machine out there because then it's going to suck coming into these corners, trying to get into those corners because I'm going to go so slow that the chassis will not accept all these bumps coming in. Now the 19 is a little bit friendlier, a little bit more forgiving straight line. And to me, yes, going into the corner, I have a little bit less tip in feeling, a little bit light, like not as light feeling, not as sharp. But I can go in faster now because I can get into the corner better. Once I'm in the corner, yes, not quite as good, okay? But try to understand what I'm saying to you guys out there. You're going to go faster because getting into the corner is going to be better for you. So that whole area going into the corner coming out will transition better because to me, like I've talked about before, what we call cornering stability. Cornering stability is better on the 2019 Honda. Can it out-corner a Suzuki? No. Can it out-corner a KTM? That's tough to say at times. I feel like Man, it's uh, it's just it's tough to say because the KTM feels so dang light, right? And the Honda doesn't feel that light, but yet at times it will feel lighter than the KTM because of the engine response. So I would say it's on par with the KTM 450 in cornering. 
slightly less than the 2018. But overall, the big picture chassis rigidity is down in 2019, which means a friendlier Honda for you guys out there. And for you guys that are diehard Honda dudes, okay, and look for that cornering capability. Like, I love a Honda because it corners well. It still corners very well, okay? Don't think that... Um, we're on a Yamaha bandwagon now. We're like, oh, it's a boat. It's just, it's so bad, guys. Like, it just pushes everywhere. No. It still has a Honda cornering character, just slightly slower maneuverability, I guess I would want to say, once you're into the corner. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. But for me, I'm excited about how much more forgiving this chassis is. Man, it, it, it was tough to go back and forth on on this 18 going to the 19. When every time we got back on the 18, I just felt like, man, this bike just feels so harsh and, and rigid and the front tire feels so damn close to me and it's so reactive and I just couldn't come to terms with how twitchy it felt at times, you know, compared to the 19. So to me, much improved in the chassis department. Straight line, you guys, I feel like you'll like it. Suspension, moving on to the suspension. Like I said earlier, a little bit better front-end holdup. Um, not as much pitching with the 2019. Yes, if you guys are over 200 pounds, 205, if clickers do not work, you may want to go to a heavier fork spring. But I feel like better balance overall with the suspension little like the chassis itself helps the suspension hugely people think yeah my my fork is harsh well guys i'm telling you most of the time it's in the chassis and not the suspension also for those of you guys wondering yes 108 107 mil i should say 107 to 108 sag that is a happy spot for this chassis as well We've always ran, when we tested with this, between 106 to 108. Again, riders weighed between 165 to 185. You're able to get the correct amount of sag. So try to really keep that sag in those areas. That's important on this bike. And to me, it just makes the chassis balance much better. Okay, so when I get these emails, say I'm running 105, Trust me on this, okay? <laughs> I've had some experience. 107, 108, leave it there. You can, to me, I leave the fork height in the standard position. You can split the difference if you want, but I always try to leave it at the standard position. So, again, suspension, a little bit better, a little bit better hold up. Everything that I'm feeling is coming from the chassis, all that comfort, and the things that are improved, I feel are more towards the chassis changes versus the suspension changes. So overall, 19 CRF 450R is a better Honda 450. If you're thinking about coming from an 18, I would say yes, by all means, I would do it because... If you're a Honda guy and you like the way your bike feels now, you're going to like it even more because of the compliance in the frame. Going to Ergos, not a huge difference. Yes, the bar has changed. The bar feels, to me, it feels better. I have more of a flatter feeling. I'm a little bit lowered, which in, which in turn helps me corner a little bit better. So just know that 
when you have this fat bar on now versus the 971, I get a lower center of gravity when I corner. And to me, that helps me relax in my body positioning and just makes me come into corners overall a little bit better in my body posture and positioning on the bike. So I do like that. I do feel like the Honda's foam, seat foam breaks down over time. I do, uh, I told the guys that about 10 to 15 hours, that seat foam gets a little bit soft and just makes the bike feel squishy when you go to seat bounce. So just be aware of that. You guys can stick an aftermarket foam on there. Of course, Guts has really good foam. You can go to a firm foam. That's mostly what I do when I get a bike that's over 20 hours and I feel the foam. I just go to a stiffer foam and Guts has those. So that's just a recommendation for me to you guys out there. But yeah, overall, much better Honda. I really don't, I haven't ridden all the bikes back to back to give you guys like, hey, yeah, the Honda is, you know, much better than this bike. But yeah, I would say Honda to me is better off. And I know Honda won a shootout, 450 shootout last year. And I can't remember which shootout it was at the time. I don't know if it's Vitals. It might be Vitals. I think they did win Vitals shootout. I don't really know how they won. But I can understand it. It's not that far-fetched for me. It did corner well. It has a good motor. I don't know how much time they spent on rough tracks over at Vital. But I think it's going to even do better. Um, for my shootout, I think it's going to be better, especially for older guys and faster dudes. Those two characters of riders, I feel like this bike is going to be better for. Hey, commercial time. Thanks for listening. You guys want a comfortable shirt to go to the track or even a hoodie? You're cold. You want your chick to look cool? Get some hats, shirts, hoodies. Be a moto fan, be an off-road fan. Go check out ruddedracing.com or if you guys are on Instagram at ruddedracing. Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies. They're helping out the Bear for Supercross. That's right. Rutted Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Rutted Racing or RuttedRacing.com. Right now, I am wearing a Rutted Racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys. ScreenPrintingDone.com hate it when they put sirens in commercials. We've done studies, you know, 60% of the time, it works every time. I wish I had that shirt. Would cover my boy boobs nicely. Screenprintingdone.com We make kick-ass t-shirts. Made with bits of real panther. We get it done. So you know it's good. Screenprintingdone.com Screenprintingdone.com Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products 
They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close, like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So, founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic, you guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, Chris at KeyFringTesting.com, I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They are on board with the KeyFringTesting.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6DHelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven I'm telling you guys, and it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets, hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 6D. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes, that's right, handwriting for you young bucks out there, handwritten resumes, and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way, onto every company 
that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off, and I literally camped out by the mailbox every night hoping to get something back that says, we've accepted your sponsorship, now you're a writer. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off? Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we saved him so much money. (laughs) Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool and thank you, Little D. And you guys know, I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey. Okay? They want to make exhaust systems that you want. They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's They're stoked when they hear guys say, hey man, I love your product. Trust me. I've been around Little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where you can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders, we're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the product. So, as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF. Great products. Head over to fmfracing.com. Get yourself set up. Go look and see what they offer because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up. Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. You guys want to win a blood lubricants care package? Hmm. BLUDLubricants.com. Answer this question. What was my AMA Pro Supercross racing number in 2004? It's a hint. Three digits. Hit me up, Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com, and win a blood lubricants care package. Good luck. Moving on to the WE. What's the difference between the WE Kiefer and the R? What what can I feel out there on the track? First things first. To me, you're going to get little stiffer feeling in this suspension. A slightly more rigid feeling. Okay? I'm going towards, to use the word rigid, I wouldn't say rigid like 18 rigid because the chassis changes help that, but... Go into the suspension setting. It does hold up a little bit better. So if you're a little bit bigger of a rider, heavier, I feel like this is more catered to you. It is more of a performance-based suspension package versus a comfort package. So I'm getting a little bit less comfort out of the suspension versus the R. But I can ride it harder if that's how you guys want to ride. That's what I'm saying as far as 
If you're a little bit bigger of a guy, up north, up north of two bills, you might like the WE suspension stock because it does hold up a little bit more. Again, 107, 108, same thing. Run that on the Wii. The difference between the engine, of course, hand-ported cylinder like we talked about before, less excitement down low. I'm getting more of a KTM-ish roll-on feeling from this um, engine, okay, this this Wii engine, but it's more free. I feel like the engine has a freer feel, not as tight as the R, and less engine braking feel from the Wii. I feel like slightly less engine braking in the air and on diesel coming in the corners. Where you guys are going to feel this hand-ported cylinder in the real world and on the track is mid-range to top end. It really starts to pull hard through the mid-range. You're not going to notice that much bottom end snap, you know, compared to the R. If you're looking for more excitement, low end feel, the R is a better choice. If you're looking for a broader mid to top end, this Wii with the hand porter cylinder is a better choice for you. So it's not a huge difference, but it is noticeable where if you're going to go ride them back to back, that's where you're going to feel it. Those two things is suspension's a little bit more based on performance and the engine has a longer mid to top end pull. Okay, so the R has a great mid to top end pull stock, but you're given even more range, okay, from Honda with this Wii from mid to top. And you're getting a freer feeling at the throttle. So if you guys like a little bit more of a two-stroke-esque, you know, braking, engine braking feel, this Wii has some of that. It doesn't have a lot of engine braking, which is kind of shocking when you ride them back to back. Be like, whoa, man, it doesn't, on diesel, it doesn't really like have a lot of, almost you feel like less traction because it's so smooth and it just rolls so nice and it takes you a couple laps to adapt. So those are the engine feeling changes that, um, I feel from the R to the Wii suspension. Again, I always try to repeat myself three to four times because it is a podcast. So bear with me here. It does have a little bit more performance based. So if you guys are harder on your bikes, you guys are aggressive, you're not finesse, you're heavier, the Wii has a better setup with suspension. Those are the only two things that I really notice between the R and the Wii, okay? Is it worth the, the price difference? That's up to you guys out there, right? You guys like the looks and you guys want some more power? Then yeah, the Wii is is maybe going to be worth it for you guys. I've talked to a couple pro dudes that remain nameless here that have ridden the Wii and they're surprised at how much power that bike has compared to their race bike. So... It's it's no joke, okay? It's no joke. It's uh, it's not a gimmick. Um, Honda really put the effort into doing this whole, you know, works edition package and giving the consumer something different. Not only engine and suspension packages, but looks wise as well. The bike looks bitching. I would rip. So if it was me, I'd rip the ninety four off. I know you guys talk shit because I run the number one, but. <laughs> I would run, I would rip the 94 off and that thing looks tits, looks awesome. I love the way Hondas look, always have. If there was uh, a couple bikes that look 
really good stock, it would be a Honda and a KTM. Those two bikes are sexy to me. Now you got black rims. Now you got the factory look with the HRC logos and all that stuff. Bike looks bitchin'. So um, it's up to you to decide which bike is for you. If it was me, because I know you guys are going to want to ask me this question, I would just go buy an R. I'm good with it. I'm good with the R. Yes, the suspension a little bit soft, but no matter what, I'm going to get my suspension done regardless. So I know some of you guys out there want to be a little bit different, and those are the guys that are going to buy the Wii. Okay, so I get it. But if I'm going to go spend my money, I'm going to go buy R. I'm probably going to get my suspension done, get a little bit, a little bit stiffer suspension. And if I wanted some more power out of the R, I would look into an ignition. Those That would be my choices. But nonetheless, to me, over the past several months that I've been riding back-to-back -back 18 and 19, the 19 chassis compliance is much better. Now we're starting to get somewhere with this Honda a little bit less of a... I'm all about cornering bike and not about straight line bike. Now we're like, okay, this Honda is a little bit better straight line and we can still corner. So now we got shootouts coming. This bike's in the ballpark. Cowie's in the ballpark. Yamaha's a little bit better. Of course, KTM and Husqvarna. This is going to be a gnarly year for 450 shootouts. All these bikes are very, very good. They're only getting refined and getting better. Now we got Honda getting their chassis on par with other bikes where you have less rigidity, not so much vibration. And that's another thing too. I know it's a little bit of vibration on the 18. I get less vibration through my handlebars and foot pegs on this 19. Could it be some of the bar? Yes. Could it be some of the engine changes? Yep. And it could it be some of the chassis changes? Yep. So better direction for Honda. Those are my first impressions. Again, I've had some I'm probably having more time on this bike than anyone that you're going to read about on Monday. So you can take it how you want it. Again, Honda doesn't pay me to to be uh, biased towards them. They know I love a Yamaha. They know I love a KTM. I'm just all about trying to make better machines for the consumer out there and then get that information out to you guys. So you guys that spend ten grand on a motorcycle can have some fun. Because basically... When it's all said and done, you can read whoever you want to read in this media testing outlet world. When you put your helmet on, it's all about having fun and hoping your bike works how you want it to work. That's what I'm about. I want your guys' stuff to work correctly. And, of course, you guys always need anything. You guys have questions or concerns or you want to bitch at me and complain. That's fine, too. I take it all. All right? I take it on the chin. I like compliments. I take complaints. I'll take suggestions. It's no problem over here at Kiefer Inc. Testing. Hit me up, chris at KieferIncTesting.com. Let's bullshit a little bit. And if you see me at a track, let's talk about it. You want to talk, talk to me about testing, how this thing was developed a little bit, what I feel um, the Honda can be like um, later on in the shootouts, maybe what you can do to your Honda when you get this 2019 Honda. So I also think it's cool that Yoshimura works with Honda directly. I've done some some help with muffler development back in the past and it's cool that they're making a slip-on especially i'm sorry they're making head pipes for the slip-on for the wii and of course they're making a full system for the r so the head pipe for the r is going to be different than what is for the wii so know that if you guys are going to go get 
a Yoshimir muffler, that's up to you. You know, but there is FMF out there because they do advertise with me, right? You hear what I'm saying? But anyway, nonetheless, if you guys are looking to go that Yoshimir route, just know that the R and the Wii head pipes will be different. So just giving you guys a heads up there. So so that's my first impressions on the 19. Kudos to the guys at, at Honda for developing a better chassis. I think that's where they needed it. They already have a very good engine package. It's exciting. Now we're getting a little bit more of a linear pull, a little bit easier to ride. And it's a better direction, I think, for the consumer out there. We're not developing pro motorcycles here, right? We're trying to get a great, long-lasting, developed um, motorcycle for the consumer. Let me touch on the clutch a little bit, because I know that was a sticky subject on some of the Hondas in the past. Clutch hasn't changed, okay? So, yeah, I feel like the clutch can be improved. I feel like life of the clutch can be improved, I feel like the lever pull of the Honda clutch can be improved. I'm trying. I'm working at it. I think they are as well. There are some things you guys can do. Of course, you can go to Recluse. You can go to a Henson. I've had some experience with Recluse lately. And that torque drive and what they're doing there makes a little bit better of bottom end power, but also gives you a very, very light, easy pull. Just know that. Going to a Henson, you're getting durability, which is great, but you're not getting any um, less of a pull. Like the, the, the way that the pull feels doesn't feel any different with a Henson compared to a Recluse where you're getting a little bit more of a buttery feel. Kind of similar when you go to a Works Connection perch and lever, you get a little bit more of a buttery feel. That's kind of how the Recluse is with a lighter pull. So... Just know that. So, again, if you guys are Honda dudes and you're having complaints about clutches, take your judder springs out, put an extra fiber in there, be happy, don't worry about it. I've done some testing on the clutch. We've had long hours on the clutch. Nothing's broke. Nothing's abnormally happened. And it's not overheating. Some of those issues that I had in 17 with the Honda have been resolved. So do not worry about durability on the Honda. Honda's durability have always been superb. And if some freak thing happens, Honda is usually pretty good at fixing the problem. They want to know about what happens. Of course, we all know in the motorcycle world, shit happens, right? I get emails saying, hey, man, my, my bike blew up. Is anything going on with the Hondas? No. Sometimes shit just happens. You know, my kid's YZ85 um, just blew up, and it's a reliable bike, but sometimes shit just happens. It's not some epidemic in the world or in these bikes that everything's going to go to shit. So just know most manufacturers will really work with you on resolving your problem, especially if it's a new bike. So just know that. So anyway, that's my first impressions on the CRF450R and WE. Head over to KeeferIncTesting.com. Read about what Dominic and Colton thought about the bikes. If you guys want to know what they thought and just exclude my shit, no problem. Just head over to KeeferIncTesting.com. Or don't. Go to Vital. Go to Motocross Action. Whatever you guys feel like. But I feel like we have the best testing over here. So, any questions, again, hit me up. Chris at KeeferIncTesting.com. Hope to see you guys at the track. And if you guys want some swag, t-shirts, hats, 
hit up Heather. Heather at KieferingTesting.com. And don't forget to support the advertisers here on the show. Let's keep this sucker moving. And all these, you might hear some information on this podcast that you don't get from other places. That's a good thing. So that's why I won't need you guys to purchase stuff from my advertisers. That's what keeps this sucker running. That's what keeps um, the lights on the house. That's what keeps the studio running, even though we're in a mobile studio right now. So it might sound a little bit different because we are in Denver, Colorado. We'll be back at the studio for the next episode. So stay tuned. And of course, stay tuned for more Honda info. I'll be riding this sucker on the 31st up in the high des. So I'll be getting you guys some more settings. We'll be doing another podcast just about 2019 Honda CRF 450R settings and shootouts are coming. I would say mm, six weeks, five, six weeks away. So stay tuned. KeeferingTesting.com. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. See you guys at the truck. <laughs>